Folks, if you haven't yet, do yourselves the favor of going down to the Handlebar right here in Chico at 2070 East 20th Street. Every day of the week from 2 to 6 p.m., they have a happy hour where you get a dollar off any of their wonderful selection of craft beers. Again, that's seven days a week from 2 to 6 p.m., one of our favorite happy hours right here in town. Go check them out, you guys. Again, the Handlebar, 2070 East 20th Street. We promise you will not regret it. Why don't we begin? This is Fresh Hop Cinema. Good morning or afternoon or evening. This is Fresh Hop Cinema, a radio show and podcast about the worlds of craft beer and movies where each and every week we tell you what you should or maybe shouldn't be drinking and watching. My name is Max Minardi. I am Johnny Summers. Hello. This week on the show, we're giving you our thoughts on Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. It's the follow-up to 2018's Into the Spider-Verse and picks up more or less where the multiversal masterpiece left off five years ago following the story of Miles Morales and Gwen Stacy. But for now, Johnny, tell the listeners what we're drinking this week. We're doing two beers from Trillium Brewing out of Canton, Massachusetts. The first beer is called The Fens. It is a 7.2% IPA. And beer number two, fantastically is named <laughs> Really Big Bird. It's a double IPA that's 9%. If you're listening on KZFR 90.1 FM, we hope you're having a terrific Saturday afternoon. On the radio version of our show today, you'll be hearing our episode almost in its entirety, which will include spoilers for Across the Spider-Verse. So consider this your first of several warnings if you haven't seen the movie yet. That said, those spoilers won't be until about 4.30. On the other hand, you could go see the movie and just listen to the podcast version of our show, which in addition to our beer reviews and thoughts on the film, includes the always unpredictable hot and bothered segment, it's how we end the show each week by catching up with each other, discussing everything from the latest shows we'd recommend to fun beers we've tried off the air. It's really anyone's guess. That's right. To find all that, go search for Fresh Hop Cinema on Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, whatever your favorite podcast platform is. We've released new episodes every Friday since 2016, which means it's available to all of you listening on KZFR right now. If you like the show, go take five seconds and leave us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts, and be sure to let us know you did. You can text to brag or with feedback about the show at 530-433-0839. Again, the podcast phone number is 530-433-0839. To hang out with us on social media, you're going to search Fresh Hop Cinema on Instagram, Facebook, Letterboxd, or Untapped, or just head over to the old website, freshhopcinema.com. All right, per usual, we're giving a shout out to the thing that keeps the wheels on this thing, which is Patreon. And if you don't know what that is, it's a way for the average listener with a couple bucks to spare uh, to support our show on a weekly basis. Though I think it's charged monthly, but in theory, it's every week. You sign up and you you decide, hey, I really like this podcast. I want to pay these guys $3 an episode. I want to give them $12 a month out of my pocket. In exchange, we will uh, say thank you to you. And also give you a peek behind our podcast curtain and give you access to bonus episodes like the one we just recorded um, where we reviewed uh, Rancho Especial from Fort Rock. It is a, uh, a Mexican-style amber lager, amber ale uh, of some sort. Mm -hmm. We get a lot more... We say a lot more things, but don't necessarily get any more knowledgeable about it. Correct. It took maybe 20 minutes, and we took a few spirals, and there's a very fun fact about the Dos Equis Man in that episode. Absolutely. That will knock your socks off. Yeah, and if you join Patreon, you have access to that and 
millions, I, mean, I would say. Millions. Literally millions yep. of uh, bonus episodes yeah. that we've cre- created throughout yeah. our whole lives. I mean, it's been, the podcast has been for like six years now, so, or yeah, six and a half. Oh my God. <laughs> um, yeah. And so, yeah, there's there's tons. And we, we've done um, little little chapters and, and um, you know, uh, uh, I'm trying to say, I'm trying to say sequences, but that's not the right word. You know, like groups of episodes with titles. There's been eras. What would you call that? Yeah, like an era or chapters of of different ideas. And like we used to do a thing called Six Fantastic Facts with Johnny and Max where we'd tell you things about movies you didn't know. Um, we did 30-second uh, synopses. Those were always Those were fun. fun. Um, anyways, it goes all the way back to, yeah, 2016 or so. So if you're into that, you can access all that by joining Patreon. You also get fun invites to our monthly bar hangs. So, for example, this month, it's on June 22nd. I won't say more than that because it is very exclusive. But patrons listening, check your Patreon feed or our Patreon-exclusive Facebook group for those details. And if none of that entices you, we also give you a birthday shout-out when that comes around. So this week, um, if you're listening to – no, this is only for podcasters. So yesterday, um, June 8th, was our longtime patron Jen Schuler's birthday. What up, Jen? Happy freaking birthday. Um, I know Jen lives out of town these days, so we don't get to see her as often as we'd like. But hope you're having uh, an awesome birthday or had an awesome birthday or having a great birthday weekend, whatever that entails. Um, we wish you the best. Happy birthday. We obviously super appreciate your support um, and hope to see you at a podcast event soon. Maybe we'll we'll plan like a big annual thing. Like we'll do our big thing for this year and maybe it'll be in the end of summer. I don't know. We haven't worked it out, but um, we'll give you plenty of heads up. Hope to see you there. And I think with that, that is the end of our Patreon stuff. Am I missing anything about Patreon? I think we're there. Aside from the link, which is patreon.com slash fresh hop cinema. Okay, on to Trillium, uh, which is based in Canton, which is like a suburb of Boston, if you didn't know. They opened their doors in 2013, and over the past 10 years, they've become one of the most nationally acclaimed breweries in the hazy game for sure. Um, two of their most consistently popular beers are their Congress Street IPA and their Fort Point Pale Ale, um, the latter sharing a name with another one of their locations just outside of Boston or, or in a Boston neighborhood. Now, the last time we had Trillium, Johnny, on our show, we reviewed an imperial stout called Night and Day, which surprisingly, neither of us really took to. It was 12.7%. I gave it a 4 out of 10, and then you gave it a slightly more generous 6.4, and that was back on episode 256. Hopefully, the hoppy offerings today will bring them back into our good graces. So, Johnny, again, what is beer number one? Beer number one is called The Fens. It is an IPA. I just (laughs) totally blanked for a second. It is one of these letters. (laughs) Well, I should have said A, and I just went with Anne. Anne. No, I had to commit. No, Anne is correct. It's an IPA. Yeah. Anyways, it's 7.2%. We purchased it at SNS Produce this week. And I will read to you a bit about it while you pour some of this for sure. yourself and perhaps for me, if you don't mind. I don't mind at all. All right. This is off their website, by the way. Cool. This is off their website. The Emerald Necklace series tells a foundational piece of the Trillium Brewing story. If you visited our home of Boston, you've likely encountered and enjoyed a section of the Emerald Necklace. Beginning downtown at the Boston Common and Public Garden, extending out to Back Bay and all the way to Dorchester, this 1,100-acre, 7-mile-long public park seems system is a cherished green oasis in the heart of the city. Years ago, J.C. cultivated... J.C.? Yeah, one of the founding brewers. Okay. JC, I thought they were talking about Jesus, Jesus, Jesus Christ. Christ. <laughs> Man, I didn't know. This Trillium pulled this much back. weight. Yeah, yeah. Um, JC cultivated a plot in the Fenway Victory Gardens where he grew edible and decorative plants, trees, and even some hop vines. 
We're kicking off the Emerald Necklace series with The Fens, hopped with the incredibly vibrant and aromatic duo of Mosaic and Galaxy. This beer is profoundly tropical. Intense notes of fresh stone fruit, mango juice, pineapple, and pine dance across the palate. Pillowy soft with a creamy mouthfeel and dry finish. The Fens is a joy to drink. Okay. We'll be the judge of that. Yeah, take it easy. Um, by the way, I looked up, I thought maybe it was pronounced um, Dorster, because that's like a very England kind of, uh, you know, name for a place. So I just Googled it real quick, and literally, so I was wrong, so it's not. It is, it is Dorchester, but... Um, the way that the pronunciation guide on the internet, it sounds like Dawchusta. It says D-A-W-C-H. Did they do it with the Boston, with the Boston accent? Dawchester. Awesome. Dawchester. Um, okay. So, Johnny, um, elephant in the room that maybe some people listening aren't aware of, this isn't always your thing. This style of beer is not always your thing. Yeah. If you're like brand new to the show, uh, I am pretty burned out. I think the 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 style of hazy New England IPAs has had its run in my circle of drinking enjoyment. Yeah. Uh, every once in a while, I'll find one that really breaks that mold. Um, but for the most part, this is a style, yeah, that I've kind of, I think, just grown past and gotten just a little tired of. I still respect them and I enjoy them, but I don't always like them. Where do those surprises come from in terms of like breweries that come to mind? Like what what is a brewery that is predominantly known for making New England stuff that has surprised you or has the potential to surprise you in your mind? Either surprise me or still be one that I enjoy sure. would be Treehouse. Great. Um, Slice makes some mm -hmm. really fantastic, well-balanced, hoppy, yet also hazy beers. Mm -hmm. um, other than that, I'm trying to think maybe some Urban Roots has okay. some hazy beers that I can kind of get behind. Well, okay. Uh, modern times, no. Uh, less so these days, huh? Um, this isn't the most current information, but back in 2020, uh, Rate Beer did this thing where they were announcing sort of the the highest rated um, breweries and beers and, and all sorts of subcategories. And I'm saying this now to you to bolster your confidence. They ranked Treehouse at number four. Mm -hmm. Did I ever say this was 2020? Yes. Okay. What came in just above Treehouse was Trillium. Oh, wow. Again, mostly known for like those those beers that I mentioned, but but in general – they're hazy stuff. Mm -hmm. So I have some hope, even coming off of um, our relative unenjoyment of that stout. Like I think this is kind of their thing. Yeah. So I'm optimistic, also being a person that loves this style. So I'm optimistic for myself pretty blindly. Mm -hmm. But I even think with an educated guess and some information from a 2020 article, you might find something you enjoy. So I'm curious to hear what you think. You're sipping it now and you're sipping it vigorously. And I've got my fingers crossed, as do all of our listeners sitting on the edge of their seat. What do you think, Johnny Summers? That's pleasant. Nice. That is very pleasant. It's got, I love the amount of mango that's in that. Tropical is a very, very accurate word to describe this. Uh, you should also speak to the freshness of this can uh, while I'm when I'm done here. Um, really nice dry finish. The hops punch right through. You're getting a really nice roller coaster type, mm -hmm. you know, windy, curvy ocean road of a drinking experience with a bunch of juice and some sweetness up front, some citrusy, a little bit of orange juice, but then it's rounded out by kind of a dry, bitter finish. And I like my beers like I like myself, dry and bitter. All right, fair enough. This is, so to, to answer your, or to, to take your hand off there, we're drinking this about 28 days from its canning date. That's incredible. This it's, beer was it's, made it's in Boston? across the country. Yeah, dude. Um, So I, you know, and this is a large enough brewery that it, takes 
a lot of care in quality control, and I'm sure it's been refrigerated the whole time. Um, and I'm always really impressed by that. There's there's a reason some of these breweries that have national, if not international, recognition have that. Mm -hmm. It's because they care about their product, they care about how it's delivered and consumed. And this is an excellent example of that. And again, we picked this up at SNS, who um, over the years we know is a very reputable beer uh, seller, um, obtainer. Mm -hmm. And I just think this is kind of best case scenario for us getting this beer. I like to tell Andy he's an you know, importer, exporter. Sure. He's a big, I mean, he's a big Seinfeld guy. So Okay, sure. And I'm not, which is why I didn't get that reference. Yep. But somebody else did. Um, I've tasted this. I think it's great. I agree with you. There's, there's, there's some bitterness there. It's got a dry finish, but it's not so drowned by the bitterness that you don't get a chance to appreciate the sweet notes. Mm -hmm. Tropical is right on point. Mango is right on point. Again, I'm not surprised. This is a brewery that makes things that easily stands up to the uh, clout it gives itself, to the descriptions it gives for its beer. It's almost always, and this is why that Imperial Stout was so confusing to me, but it was old, I guess. Right. But doesn't always that doesn't always make a bad stout, you know? No, and I don't think it was bad. It just didn't have as much coffee as we wanted. Yeah, I gave it a four out of 10, my dude. Yeah. That's a bad beer. It wasn't it's bad to horrible. me. horrible. Yeah, you gave it a six something. Because I think, I mean, it was a case of, of wanting what was advertised, mm -hmm. and it was advertised as a cold brew coffee stout. Is that what it was? Yeah. Yeah, uh, we yeah we talked about it at some length. Mm -hmm. um, so we, okay, what episode did I say it was? It was back in uh, it was like a year ago or so. Two fifty four. Two fifty. Two. I'll say two fifty six. Um, yeah, but I I mean I'm so stoked because I don't think I've had a trillion beer since. We certainly haven't gotten too many in our area. No, I might have had one or two at a share, but it's definitely not been mm -hmm. on a shelf just to grab. Right. Uh, this is this is really great. I'm not even sure if I like it more than you. You seem to like it a lot more than I even expected. Um, give me some negatives. <clears throat> well, I, negatives are are hard to find with this. I mean, you know, it finishes really bitter and mm -hmm. goes into that bitter dry like aggressively bitter. That's going to be my negative. Yeah, I didn't which, know you'd dislike that though. Well, when it descends so rapidly into making my mouth taste weird, mm -hmm. uh, it it just doesn't quite do it for me as much. Yep, like it, it just almost distracting from the drinking experience where you're like, oh, that's good. Oh. Well, let me raise this point to stop you from making that sound, um, is that we have to speak. We have to speak at length while drinking this, but I think for the average drinker, yeah. this would not be a problem. No, they had a bar. They'd just be, you'd be sipping your beer and having casual conversations and not dragging on run-on sentences for 45 seconds at a time. Right. Like, even now, my mouth is like, You're like you know, I could, go, I could go for another sip of this. And I think, you know, in, in our circumstance, fine. Like, that is kind of a downside, but it's a very, um, very specific scenario. Yeah, it definitely dries the mouth out a little bit. So maybe not the best beer for podcasting, but uh, really good for drinking. Dude, it's also the same reason I don't tend to drink beer when I perform and have to sing live. Because mm. I think to some extent, most beers have a drying quality. You stick with liquor. I stick with water, my man. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, I, I mean, yeah, even even like a, a crisp gin and tonic wa waters one's mouth more than a, than a dry beer bitter IPA does. Yeah. I think IPAs are maybe the most egregious of, of beer styles when it comes to uh, drying out a mouth for singing. Mm -hmm. Or speaking. Or speaking, yeah. right. Um, so so even though, so back back to my point, like your, your enjoyment of the bitter dry finish, the conversation notwithstanding, um, is more than mine. Yeah. I, I take this as a, as a negative point oh, on yeah. my score sheet. It's still good. The flavor's there, the drinking experience is there, the body's incredible. Uh, it's, it's a, I mean, it's, it's, there's nothing surprising about the way it looks, by the way. It's just a totally straightforward, hazy-looking IPA with a good bit of lacing around the top. The head's pretty much gone. You can kind of bring it back a little bit. There's a fair bit of carbonation. Nothing wild. I'm so glad it's not overly carbonated. Yeah. I, I like it. 
I do. I like it quite a bit. I, there's hard to find much wrong with it. Mm-hmm. I think any negatives I would have would be simply stylistic. Or, or yeah, personal. Personal preference yeah. to the style. Uh, but no, it's it's fantastic. I don't think there's any way around that. This is a world-class brewery doing what they do best and saying, here, enjoy this. We know it. It's awesome. Yeah. I mean, I agree. Um, very briefly, let's describe the can. Um, Trillium tends to uh, have a uniformity with their cans. Um, a lot like a lot like uh, we just did a brewery that has this, and it's escaping me. So forget I said it. Okay. Um, I like their cans. They seem a little boring sometimes. They're minimalistic. They're very minimalistic, like just 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 straight white. And then this one has some nice green touches, um, outlining the the uh, geographical location you described earlier. I think it's a great can. It's totally mm-hmm. fine. Yeah, it draws the eye where it needs to. It's clean. It's professional. It's, it's like totes professional. It's like the three-piece suit and a briefcase of craft beer labels. There's, yeah, there's sure. no unicorns with lasers coming out of their eyes. Yeah, it's not like, hey, look at me. Yeah. I'm a, it's like it doesn't need to. It doesn't need to be loud. This beer's classy. The beer Max. speaks for itself when you drink it. It's classy. I love that. I love that that reflects the brewery at this point. They, I wonder what their early labels looked like because maybe they were like boing 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 laser lights, whatever that looks like in a can label. But now it's like, look. We're Trillium. You know who we are. Mm-hmm. Pick our beers. We don't care. Yeah. We're it's really going to be good, so just buy it. Yeah. I like that. Okay. The Fens. Trillium. Johnny Summers. Out of 10. What do you got? Hmm. I'm going to give this like an... Mm, it's, in, it's a high score. It's pretty pretty high score. Well, you want to go above me? Go ahead. I just wrote mine, but I, I feel like you're... I haven't looked yet. I know. 8-4. <laughs> 4 You are above me. It's a 4 for me. Super good It's beer. a 4? Sorry. It's an 8 for me. Excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, bro, is your mouth broken? Good catch. Uh, sometimes I say things that um, you don't catch that I'm wrong about, and then I'm editing the show. I'm like, why did he not stop me? I sound like an idiot. <laughs> Somebody stop me. <laughs> um, no, it's it's totally good. I think the bitterness and the, and the dryness on the finish really does put me off a little bit. Because I'm, I'm still like, I haven't gotten as jaded as you about hazy beers. I love them. Yeah. I think it's great. I'm just not a sweet guy. I don't like a lot of sweets. I don't have a sweet tooth. E- what? You don't? No. Huh. Not maybe, really. Maybe that's it, I guess. How old are you again, Johnny? 36? Yeah, I'm 31. And I feel like it's like an old man thing to be popular and be like, I don't like IPAs anymore. I like Pilsners and Crispy Boys. And I'm just not as old as you. I still like I'm IPAs. Young still. I still love IPAs. Yes, I know. It's true. But like the hazy IPAs, people are like, I don't like hazy. It's not, not, what, not beer. It doesn't taste like beer. I want beer flavored beer. I don't have that in me. No, it's just too I want sweet. this in me. I this just don't better. gravitate. Unless it's like orange chicken. That's like my favorite oh. sweet thing. Okay. And that's like as sweet as it can. I like sweet savory. Yeah, yeah. I like sweet spicy, like a Thai chili sauce. You're talking about like food now, like actual food. Like yeah. Not even junk food, not candy or like beer. You're talking about like entrees. Mm-hmm. That's fine. Um, yeah, Beer-wise, unless it's a stout and I'm in the mood for that. Right. Well, yeah, I was going to say like stouts, like dessert stouts, you're super into sometimes. Yeah, sometimes. Yeah. Well, this is a discussion, I suppose, for another time. Do you have anything else on the fence? Uh, I think it's fantastic. I think we're lucky to have something of such caliber uh, available on shelves here in Chico. Caliber and freshness. Exactly. Incredible. This is, as of recording this, 28 days old and just available for you to just Mm -hmm. go purchase. You don't have to trade or mail beer or any weird dark web stuff. (laughs) Yeah, so we're lucky. And I think uh, if you appreciate the style at all, uh, you should check Trillium off of your list of breweries to have had consumed. Once again, you're listening to Fresh Hop Cinema. If you have tried the Fens and you think we got it wrong or you know that we obviously got it right, get in touch and let us know. You can leave a voicemail or send a text to 
433-0839. We do really love feedback. Again, that number, you can text us right now, is 530-433-0839. And hey, if you like the show, help us out and leave us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. Yeah, it only takes a couple seconds. Yeah. It's one of the most effective ways to help us get our show in front of new potential listeners. Boost us in that algorithm, mm. yo. Incoming is a trailer for Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. If you haven't seen it, fear not, my friends. There are no spoilers in our next segment, so don't go anywhere. My name is Miles Morales. I'm Brooklyn's one and only Spider-Man. And things are going great. Oh, yeah. You were supposed to be here. Bye. All right, whatever. Whatever? Wow. Whatever? So are you like a cow or a Dalmatian? I am the spot. That's not funny. Don't, don't do that. Miles's grades are pretty good. A in AP Physics. That's my little man. And a B in Spanish. What? Ooh, okay. Miles. Are you trying me to That's what people see. I gotta go. All right, bye. He's lying to you. And I think you know it. What's up, danger? Miles! Wanna get out of here? Oh! When? Wait a minute, there's an elite crew with all the best spider people in it? Uh, who's the new guy? This is unbelievable. This is the lobby. Miguel O'Hara. The whole thing was his idea. What's a guy gotta do to join this spider team? You can never be part of this. Don't even get me started on Doctor Strange and the little nerd back on Earth 1999-99. Come on, go easy on the kid. He had a terrible teacher. Peter! You have a baby? I have a baby. I'll take it from here. Miles, being Spider-Man is a sacrifice. You have a choice between saving one person and saving every world. Send me home. I can't do that. I can do both! Spider-Man always... Not always. What about Uncle Ben? Not for Uncle Ben, most of us wouldn't be here. Can't stop me now! You can't run forever, kid! I can't lose one more friend. Miguel's isn't what we talked about! You knew? You had no idea what you're doing! Everyone keeps telling me how my story is supposed to go. Nah, I'm gonna do my own thing. If you're just joining us, you're listening to Fresh Hop Cinema, a show about the worlds of craft beer and film. If you're listening on the radio waves of KZFR 90.1 FM, you're sadly going to be missing out on some solid gold that's available exclusively to our podcast listeners. So if you'd like to hear the whole episode, go subscribe to Fresh Hop Cinema on Apple Podcasts or whatever platform that you listen to podcasts on. It's currently available for your streaming pleasure, so at the end of this, if you just Gotta know what all the hot and bothered fuss is about. Please go have a listen and download this episode. After reuniting with Gwen Stacy, Brooklyn's full-time friendly neighborhood Spider-Man Miles Morales is catapulted across the multiverse where he encounters a team of spider people charged with protecting its very existence. However, when the heroes clash on how to handle a new threat, Miles finds himself pitted against the other spiders. He must soon redefine what it means to be a hero so he can save the people he loves most. 
here comes some information. This film, uh, of course, is a sequel to the 2018. It was directed by Joaquim Dos Santos, Kemp Powers, and Justin K. Thompson, and was written by Phil Lord, Christopher Miller, and David Callahan. It came to theaters June 2nd of this year of our Lord, 2023. Runs two hours, 20 minutes, and we see Shamik Moore voicing Miles Morales again. We have Haley Steinfeld as Gwen Stacy. We can get uh, into character specifics in a little bit, but also casting their voices here are Brian Tyree Henry, Luna Lauren Velez, Jake Johnson, Jason Schwartzman, Issa Rae, uh, Karan Sony, Shea Wiggum, Greta Lee, Daniel Kaluuya, Mahershala Ali, Oscar Isaac. There's and more. shout out to Andy Samberg. Who did he play in this? Scarlet Spider-Man. The sad uh, one. Oh, sure. That was funny. Okay. Um, so the internet synopsis here doesn't quite do it justice. And it was one of those movies where I, I probably should have written out something a little bit more um, productive for the kind of conversation I want to have around this movie. Because so often on the show when we get movies like this, we, we we tend to dive really deeply into the aspects of the movie that um, that are apparent mostly once you've seen it. In this case, even watching the trailer, there's some stuff anybody could appreciate, and we'll get into that, I'm sure. Um, as a quick recap, Johnny, your briefest of thoughts on, on Into the Spider-Verse in 2018. It was a 10 out of 10. It was a damn near perfect film. It yep. was the best animated film I'd ever seen in my life. It broke... Molds, it literally broke the way that we animate films. Mm -hmm. New technology mm -hmm. was made and then open sourced uh, that, after that yes. movie. So not only did it use all the existing forms of animation, they invented some new ones and sent those new animation styles out into the world and said, have fun, public. Right. Um, so yeah, it broke the mold for what an animated film could be. I felt the same way. In addition to all of that, I loved, I mean, even the story of the of, of the first one was so incredible, arguably one of the better superhero films of the, maybe ever. Yeah. Um, and I was secretly apprehensive about this one because so many times we see sequels that are too derivative of the original or or for whatever reason fall short. And I didn't have that experience, but I'll, I'll, I'll be a lady and let you go first. What did you think of Across the Spider-Verse? Oh, thanks, buddy. You're welcome. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So kind of same thing. I'm curious about mm -hmm. the, the sophomore slump or success of be. a movie like this. Uh, so the question I was asking myself watching this is, can they do it again? Right. Or was the Spider-Man verse, what was the first one called? Into the Spider-Verse. Into the Spider-Verse. The first one. Yep. Which the seems, 2018 film. What was this one? Across this the Spider-Verse. This is Across. And then, of course, not to be confused, by the way, with any of the other Spider-Man Spider -Man movies, um, of which there have been like, you know, 10. Yeah. Not the There's same. a bunch. So into the Spider-Verse, right? Was it lightning in a bottle or is it something that they could recreate? Mm -hmm. I got to say right up front, didn't care for this movie. Oh, man. What a freaking huge plot twist and a bummer this is going to be. Did not <laughs> care for it at all. All right. So across the Spider-Verse took the stunning visuals mm -hmm. and just pushed the envelope even further. In a good way. In a good way. Okay. Because this movie was excellent to look at. And I will dare to say it was even great at moments. Mm -hmm. Those moments are the memorable parts of this movie for me. I will take away and I will think mm -hmm. back on them fondly. But as a whole, I found this movie to be bloated. I found it to be quite derivative. Okay. I found it to lean entirely too heavily on visuals and not have nearly as good of a plot as the first one or good enough for me to really invest in this movie. It fell into some seriously problematic tropes of the Marvel universe for me. Okay. And I will get into that in the danger zone. Sure. Uh, Cause it's a little spoilery, but 
it was bloated. It was overstuffed. They tried to put too much plot in, in a way, for me, wasn't effective. They almost made this a drama, and there was dark elements of this. There was funny elements of this. The the beats of the plot and the tone of this movie were as sporadic as the animation styles, and it, it lingered too long in uh, tones that just took the movie down for me to a gear that was just a bit too drama-driven. What, kind of, what kind of tones? A, a tone was just interpersonal like teenage drama and interpersonal superhero will they won't they type drama and the family stuff just felt like it drug on and on and on and at two and a half hours it felt like they kind of put extra work in to get it to that point so there was a lot of stuff i would have liked to have seen just cut out but I think it was trying to stand on the shoulders of a titan in in the first film, and I think they got lightning in a bottle, and I don't think they recreated the success. Not even close. Out of 10. Out of 10? Like a 6.5. Like, it was entertaining. And the 6.5, 100% for visuals. It was just gorgeous. I will not ever say that this movie was not gorgeous, okay? It was rad. Like, some of the best animation I've ever seen. Sure. They maybe surpassed Great. the first film I, yeah. with the animation. But as a film, as a whole movie or part of a story, don't like it. Okay. We're going to have a lot to talk about. I think but before so. we do, I, I loved it. Um, man, there's a lot to unpack. I, I think uh, so much of me wants to just go ahead and like encounter some of those points. But I'll just let me just pretend you haven't said anything. I thought it was great. We both agree visually in incredible um the i mean it captures your attention from the get-go but there's one scene in particular that did something that the first movie didn't and that's when we meet um, a famous spider-man villain called vulture but it's a vulture from a different time period and the animation reflects that from a different universe different universe different time period the whole thing cool cool effect mm -hmm. yeah this movie though in addition to the animation it has and i don't know why i have to do this but i am comparing it a little bit because I just saw Fast 10 with you. Mm -hmm. This has the family stuff that Fast 10 needs and that franchise tries to use and does not do very well. And this one, I think, does it really well. It's a movie about the exploration of this young Spider-Man, which we've had kind of back and forth. Like, you know, it starts with Tobey Maguire. And I just mean our, our cultural awareness of the character. Tobey Maguire, who's way too old to be doing this. Andrew Garfield, who's way too cool and too old. Then you get Tom Holland, who's like young, but also too cool. And I think the Miles Morales Spider-Man character is the most um, believable, um, the easiest one to empathize with. I think the family stuff for me works really well because it's the only time that the 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 essence of of Spider-Man and his his struggles at home and how he fits into his community are really executed properly. Um, I, I also think that this movie has some really fun ideas. Um, dare I say interesting ideas about like so many superhero movies are just about like destiny. It's like, this is what I'm meant to do. Like, I think that's even a line from like the Hulk in one of the Avengers movies. Like this is, it's all what it's about. It's like, you have to fulfill your destiny. I'm so sick of destiny movies. It's like Disney movies are all about fulfilling your destiny as a princess or a hero. Superhero movies, destiny, destiny, destiny. This one is like, and, and this comes into play with the multiverse stuff that it talks about, which is another word I'm so sick of, by the way. But this movie, I think, does pretty well. It's like this movie, uh, Into the Spider-Verse, and like maybe everything ever all at once. Multiverse stuff, done right. Like, this movie is like maybe, maybe a superhero isn't bound by destiny, but about like intention and free will and like family and like, like what drives somebody. I, it's so refreshing to me to have a character that is driven by 
you know, um, yeah, like like protecting people they love. And I know that's kind of a through line in a lot of superhero movies, but this one does introduce the idea of that being a goal that you can fight back against like the larger plan, which I thought was so refreshing. Um, I thought the action was stellar. The It's a lot to take in. It's a, it's a ton of movie. I'd love to see it again. I, I loved it a lot. I'm not quite sure if I think it's better than the first one, but I know it's close. So I loved it. That's where I'm at. All right. Well, hot dog. Out of 10, Max Minardi. Out of 10. It's going to be, I mean, uh, man, this is, this is, this is a pending, pending a, a rewatch, I think, for me. So my letterbox rating might change. But for me, it's like a very, very solid nine right now. Okay. So I guess I, I, guess I think it's worse than the first. It's not, it's not a way I like to phrase that. But it's an incredible movie. I'm just, I'm so jazzed. And I almost saw it again for fun. <laughs> um, it is, I think, a bit longer than the first, if I'm not mistaken. It's too long. I don't think so. I was itching. It also sets itself up pretty nicely for uh, a sequel. There's going to be a third one coming out next year. Um, That's a funny way to say that. Why do you say that? Because there, how do I dance around this mm -hmm. without spoiling mm -hmm. anything? Um, because there was no real like conclusion of a plot. This movie was just. What do you mean? It sets itself up good. My There's, dude, there, this movie was just set up for the next movie. Yeah, it's like any good, like any truly, any truly well thought out trilogy or or duo or whatever you want to say does that. Did the first one do that? Uh, or was it self I would argue the first one did that. I would argue It's that. also self-contained. But there's so many threads that, do, that um, not don't get tied up, but get introduced in the first one. They do, but also there is a plot that is started, finished, started, resolved, and finished in that movie. That's true. Right? But they did the Marvel thing, man, where they wasted two and a half hours of my life just so I'll go see the third one. No. Yes. I think this movie does work on its own without that. I don't. Um... The plot, the actual villain superhero plot didn't really even come into play until the last three quarters of the movie. So we're building a team. You're right. So like the You're first right. three quarters of this movie is squad building and backstory. They but, did the Marvel thing I hate. It's good world building. Like you're invested in it. And I, I, you know, I would in the, in the middle movie though, you're going to do that in the middle movie. You're introducing new characters. Absolutely. And I would argue it's a complex enough world and we've established like, like movie one is establishing rules. It's like understanding that like the multiverse is a thing. And then movie two has been reckoning with that and the, the fallout of the decisions made in the first one. And I bet you three ties that all up. Like, like it's the, it's, it's like saying empire strikes back is a movie that doesn't conclude. It's like, no, of course not. Cause in the grand scheme of things, like it sets up so much stuff. It's like the two towers. Like you still got Fredo and Sam going to, to Mount doom. Like you gotta have, it's a huge story they're trying to tell. And I'm willing to give them a little bit of leeway. Cause I would rather have a, a complex, well thought out story than something that is, feels like it's trying to grab my money just for this. And then tries to sell me on the next one. I just don't like getting suckered into watching a movie that is literally just a stepping stone. Yeah, they developed some characters, right? And we got a little bit more insight into Miles and Gwen sure. and a lot of personal stuff. Yeah. So this movie was 75 to 80% character growth. That's a good movie, though. Like, I'd rather have, if it was 20%, I'd be like, where my, where's my character development? It's like Fast X. It's yeah, like, where, what's happened? Like, why am I watching all this stunt? I don't think character development can be substituted for an entertaining plot. I, well, no, I absolutely do. Like movies can tend to here and here's, I'm not even totally disagreeing with you on every front. Like I think sometimes you're right, but in, in a movie where there is enough substance, 
in the characters and the interpersonal relationships. And it's got its sights set on a larger goal. I think I'm willing personally to sacrifice some of the entertainment qualities um, for the larger picture and for the, you know, the narrative as a whole. Sure. But if they hadn't set the bar for the entertainment factor so high in the first one, okay, then maybe I wouldn't be so bummed out. But you were entertained in this one. Like, that's the one thing you're falling back on. I was like, I was entertained. It looked good. It was fun. It was pretty to look at. It sounds like it's by the end. You were like, why did I waste my time? But like the whole journey you were into. At moments. Okay, fair yeah. enough. Like I said, there were moments. There were three great scenes. Uh, how many of them can you say without them being spoilers? Any of them? The the scene with um, oh, oh uh, Indian uh, oh man, <laughs> that was great. That's that fine. whole yeah. sequence. Yeah. Um, basically the main office with okay, sure, I got you. all of them. Sure, uh, and then there was uh, some really good fight scenes towards the last three quarters. Yeah, as as weird as it is to say this, it is definitely a slower movie than the first. And and slower only in plot development. Mm-hmm. There's a lot more time spent on like like I feel like based on what you're describing, the like rooftop barbecue sequence might be unnecessary. Yep. Okay. For me, crucial. Felt like it went on for three hours. Okay. So but even in that, I don't want to be misconstrued and I, I don't think you do either. The animation stuff is interesting from from beginning to end. It's it's engaging. It's it's different. They change it even mid conversation. Yeah, it's like, there were times when I found it distracting and somewhat off putting. I found it distracting as well. Not off putting, but definitely distracting. Off putting in that I couldn't tell if I had something in my eyes sure. or not because sure. like it was blurry. Um, I I was there with friend of the show patron Ken. Shout out Ken. Uh, we went to the movies together. Had a little little day date. It was Love great. That. Um, but after the movie, we were both like. Did you almost think it was in 3D a couple times? Because I did. Yeah. Like, did I not get the glasses? I looked. I sure. like look around and be like, is everyone else wearing 3D glasses right, right now? Th- there are some choices with the animation that um, are artistic liberties. I guess is the best way, to, the nicest way to put it. Mm-hmm. Um, and for me, it just ends 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 up equating to like a feast for the eyes, and I just want to watch it again. And like, there's some great. There's a great sequence when Gwen's talking to her dad. Yeah. And like the um, the background is like almost watercolor yeah. minimalist stuff. That's the word I was. And use. it changes like almost every time the camera, quote unquote, camera shifts. Right. When there was uh, in that sequence, there was actually you could tell the watercolor was running. Like I know. Were running and I think that's together. such a cool idea. I've never seen that. Yeah. So that's fun to me. Yeah. And it also makes me excited for a rewatch because maybe there's thematic lines to be drawn between the styles of animation or. Or, you know, what's going on in the plot and how that relates to it. It's just all sort. There's so, it's so dense of a movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I think what you're saying is valid. It's, it is slower. And there's stuff that if you don't want to marinate in the relationships of this character, and if that's not doing it for you, if it's not what you want out of this movie, then yeah, it's going to be a little boring for you. Um, but if, if you do like that sort of thing, then it's going to be great, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think it's going to be, uh, yeah, mileage may vary. Per person. Exactly. You give me a choice between this one and the first one, I'm going to pick the first one 10 out of 10 Okay, times. but this one or Fast X? Come on, man. We're having such a productive conversation. I had so much fun with Fast X. You had more fun in Fast X than this? Different kind of fun? Uh-huh. Uh, I, would st- I would take Fast X 
three out of 10 times. Okay, so seven out of 10, you choose this. Yeah. I can be happy with that. Yeah. Once again, you've been listening to Fresh Hop Cinema, possibly on KZFR 90.1 FM. If you have thoughts on anything we've discussed on the show today so far, please get in touch. You can call or text us at 530-433-0839 or send a good old-fashioned email to fhccast at gmail.com. When we come back, we will be discussing in some heat across the Spider-Verse with spoilers. So if you haven't seen it yet, consider this your second to last warning. And don't touch that dial. We'll be right back with the Danger Zone. Danger Zone. Danger Zone. Danger Zone. Welcome to the Danger Zone, uh, which if you don't know is the portion of the show where we talk about spoilers for our film of the week this week, Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. And I'd say... Maybe 85% of the time on this show, it's me and you just talking about things that we uh, either mutually liked or disliked or laughed at or didn't, mm-hmm. and we are on the same page. Yeah. And this week, Johnny Summers, we're on different pages. Good. Maybe different books. Bring the chaos. So that's your last warning. If you haven't seen the movie yet, it's in theaters. Go see it, and then you can finish the conversation on the podcast platform. If not, you've been warned, and maybe you don't care. Hopefully you don't care. Yeah. We gotta, but you should care because it's a great movie. We gotta have, man. This can't just be (laughs) the two of us rubbing each other's backs. No. So here's here's the listener challenge. Every time I say something you agree with, you shoot us a text and you just be like, "Max is right." And anytime you hear something Johnny agrees with or says that you agree with, you text us. You say Johnny's right again. It's five three zero four three three zero eight three nine. You're probably at home listening. You can literally just text us, okay? And we'll get it and we'll respond Mm -hmm. and we'll let you know uh, who's talking, probably, or we might mess with you. And I'll say I'm Johnny. Be like, you thought I was wrong, but it's really me. <laughs> All right. If that's not an incentive, I don't know what is. <laughs> Johnny, yo, am I wearing my podcast shirt? You are. I am, aren't I? Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, let's talk about this. Yeah, man, my man. Um, you said there are three scenes that were most enjoyable. I think you only said two of them. Yeah, it, it was. Uh, I'm trying to remember the the fight scene in the, yeah, the last third scenes. of the movie. Uh. I think it was when they were all trying to get Dot the last time. Uh huh. Yes, sure. Yeah. Okay. But Dot was like the best character, and he was barely in this movie. Um, and and Dot was voiced by the way, and I'm forgetting now, of course. Um, by uh, Jason Schwartzman. Okay. Jason Schwartzman. Tough name for me to say. Of American Pie fame. Uh, yeah. Nice. Yeah. Um, yeah, really nasally, kind of goofy character. I think that villain is set up so wonderfully. And I said this to I, I saw the the movie with with my band in Reno, but I said afterwards like. It's so awesome seeing the psychological progression of a villain and then watching that progression through the eyes of our hero. In this case, Spot is like introduced to us as a goofy, like like to the point that that Miles calls him like villain of the week, mm-hmm. which really rubs him the wrong way. But he's not even. Not even villain of the week. Um, and then we get to see as he gains more power, like, oh, like to the point where we start being concerned about this character's abilities, mm-hmm. which I love because so often you get a villain who's like either terrifying from the beginning, like Thanos, where it's like he, he's going to take over the universe or like, um, I don't know. Oh, like um, like Jamie Foxx in The Amazing Spider-Man 2 mm-hmm. with Andrew Garfield, where he's like a goofy guy and then something happens and then the movie cuts away for 45 minutes. And the next thing you see, he's like blowing up cities. I love that progression. Yeah. So cool. Just enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, you're right. That final fight scene was was pretty fun. It was. It just, uh, I wanted more. Fair enough. Um, do we need to outline the plot at all? Like we don't, we don't, if you know. Good luck. Yeah, it's tricky. There's a lot going on. But essentially, um, the movie opens with Gwen Stacy, which which was a surprise to me. We get her thing and, you know, she's struggling with telling her family that she, or her dad, that she's um, also a spider person. 
And then she wants to reunite with Miles, but they can't. And then she gets recruited by this sort of interdimensional crew that fixes anomalies in the uh, multiversal timeline, canon, as they call it. Um, she goes back and finds Miles. He sort of follows her into the nether realm of of multiversal madness, which I'm sure is like a copyrighted expression. Um, and then things go wild because he is like the original anomaly, right? So he's like causing problems everywhere he goes and like – there's a nice through line about like, you have to let like somebody die because that's how it's supposed to go. And that's when this idea of him being like, I don't, I'm not going to let people die just because that's my destiny. Like I'm going to fight back. I think it's so intriguing as a concept. I can't wait to see what happens. Yeah, it got a little philosophical Totally. There because it's like, well, wouldn't that be as character building uh, in like a spider chronology to be like, well, I knew he was supposed to die. Right. Like that doesn't work. Like, yeah. Spider-Man would never let it happen. Right. If it has to happen. It has to be unknowing. But yeah. no Spider-Man is going to be like, all right, go get him. Yeah, that's what threw me off. So you're telling me like every Spider-Man right. in every other dimension is know. just okay with Uncle Ben dying? Right. And I think this comes back to the real villain, I assume, who is, um, who is um, what's his name? Miguel? Yeah. Like he's like a like a vampire werewolf kind of weird Spider-Man. Yeah, he's what? Spider-Man 2099 or 2099 something? is what it is. Yeah. And he's like the he's the one that started this this uh, multi dimensional cleanup crew, almost culty, super culty. Um, and he's got some real, and that's Oscar Isaac, by the way. That's mm -hmm. who he's voicing. Very menacing heft about that character. There's one like silhouetted shot against the moonlight where you see some fangs. Mm -hmm. I am terrified of that guy. Yeah, and the scene where he's uh, on the like the top of the building yes. in the city with he's the like red and the villainers. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's just standing. He looks like Spawn, dude. He looks so scary. And I also love that juxtaposition of like Spot being like the goofy but kind of terrifying guy, and then this guy being like the true probably threat to to spider people everywhere. And he's the one's like, no, you have to let them die. This is the way it goes. I love it. It's like it's the ideology of that guy versus like Miles. It's like I can save people. He's like, you have to let them die. Yeah. I, like that's going to come to a head in such a satisfying way in the third movie. Maybe. I love it. Hopefully. Yeah. Um. Anyways, that's kind of the gist of the movie. And then Spot is kind of the villain they try to deal with. And uh, am I missing major plot points? No. Yeah. Okay. That's pretty much it. Mm -hmm. Um. And they stretch it for so long. I loved it. Couldn't get enough. That's it. You just summarized the plot and like. 45 oh, yeah, seconds. but it's about the journey in it. Yeah, you gotta, yes. you know, you gotta get there. Um, what do you think about the vulture animation? Like it was I said, dope. It, it was the first time I was. It looks like how would you describe it? Vapor, uh, like uh, think of uh, Da Vinci drawings mm -hmm. come to life. Yeah, and like that drawing turned three dimensional. It looks like yeah, like 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 brown wrinkly paper mache with hard lines flying A through parchment. the parchment. Parchment, sure, yeah, yeah. parchment mache papyrus. So cool. Like what? A, and there were so many integrations of different animation styles, obviously. But there's like that one which caught my eye. There's like live action, yeah. That gets brought in in a fun way, yeah. I don't know. Uh, sneaky pick for mm -hmm. favorite character is the punk rock Spider Man. Yeah, that was voiced by um, um, Daniel Kaluuya, Hobie nice. Hobie something. Loved um, him. So funny. I was just thinking about our friend Chris Gomez the whole time. Yeah. Like, because his whole thing is like not Chris's. This character um, is like anti-establishment. Yeah, dysenterism. <laughs> yeah. Um, and he's just like, and it also turns out to make a pretty important plot decision. Did you catch the capitalism joke? Uh, I do remember there being one, but I can't think of it. So it was right when uh, the like the rift opened up when they figured out Miles was like the original, yeah, yeah, yeah. blah, blah, blah. And he stayed, they're all staying there and he's like, what's that? And Hobie's like, it's a metaphor of capitalism. Oh, yeah. That's and then the like, scene cut. Like yeah, they yeah, snuck right. it in right. so quick. There's a lot of funny jokes in here. Yeah. Um, and I like that he's very... 
very just f- the man. Yeah, he's like eighties, um, like punk rock. Yeah, like like yeah. everything you'd think of, like Berlin Wall time. Yeah, and like British. He's so punk rock. Punk he like rock. quit this agency. So good. He's just like nah, I'm it's out. great. And then he created the bootleg watch. Oh yeah, he was like pulling parts from the. It's so fun. It was so gangster. Yeah. he was my favorite. I'd watch a movie just about him. I'm sure there'll be one. No, there probably or won't, a but... Disney Plus series. Sure. Um, I also really like, like, I got a better understanding of the inciting events of the first movie from this because we kind of ex- get the explanation, like, which maybe was clear in the first movie, but it didn't connect with me. That, like, obviously Miles is bit by a spider that um, is not totally normal. And turns out not even from his dimension, right? Mm-hmm. And it was meant to bite the Peter Parker in his world, but he got in the way, and then Peter Parker died. Mm-hmm. And that's like the first little little nugget of like. Well, no, because c- he was friends with Peter Parker in his universe because there was already a Spider Man. Oh, I'm sorry. The the spider that what I meant was the spider that came over and bit him was supposed to bite the Peter Parker in the Spider's universe. Yes, but it got pulled in because he because Miles is the anomaly. Correct. Right? Because there was already a Spider Man in Miles Morales' yeah. universe, and then that Peter Parker died because mm-hmm. he never got bit. And like that's the first instance of like destiny and like getting in the way of it and like the one that got left behind by the spider. Yeah, and I think we get some of that in the, the one that turns into um, like a lizard in this one. Oh yeah, right. And because um, is it Mary Jane? In that in that timeline, no, it's Gwen. It is Gwen. Um, her Peter never gets bit. Uh, it's because she's the spider. Because she's the spider, right? And he wants to be special too. So then he tries to take the uh, Doctor Connor's lizard formula. It does not go super well, and she uh, kills. Oh, it's our Gwen. You're right. Yeah. Um, did that happen before all of this, or mm-hmm. after she met Miles? I think it's after she met. I think so. Too. But who knows? Who knows? Um, anyways, just very um, elucidating to like okay. There's there's cause and effect here, but mm-hmm. is it unavoidable? And the, I don't know. The Spider-Man are like Highlander on every universe. Sure. There, is that how that works in there, Highlander? There can be only one. Yeah. Um, I don't know, man. I thought, yeah, I thought just just the the yeah, the philosophical ponderances in this movie are really fun to think about. And then you put the fun animation on top of it and the family stuff. I'm super in. It don't, I gave it a six five. It's a good it's, it's a not decent trash. score. No, you don't I'm no. I'm just I'm gonna watch it again begrudgingly. Sure. But uh you felt like it was a lot of my time wasted. All right. Uh, yeah, okay. How much time would you have cut off? That's tough because you yeah. can't cut anything out without just rewriting the movie. That's true. I think every piece here was necessary, but I think that the parts made a sum that was just not satisfying to me. That's fair enough. Yeah. Uh, all right. You got anything else on this? I don't think so. I think we're there for time on the, the KZFR business too, aren't we? I think so too. Well, yeah. we got to wrap it up for our radio friends. All right. Don't go anywhere. That is the end of our discussion of Across the Spider-Verse, and we'll be right back with beer number two. Johnny, did you see that in the sky? It's a bird. It's a plane. No, it's just a bird. It's a really it's big bird. It's a really big bird. It's a really big What bird. a... St- We're not on the radio anymore. We are on the radio. We finished up. No, we did not finish up. We're still on the radio. Okay. We are almost out of time for our radio. We are still here. Quit saying swear words in the middle of my sentence. I don't even think I can bleep them. I'll try, though. I'm going to assume that I'm a good enough editing aficionado that I have fixed the the problems you have just laid for me in our in our beer-reviewing road. Mentally, I am not responsible anymore. I know that. I <laughs> thought we were done. No, no, no. We're still we, – we're only off the radio for Hot and Bothered, which is if, – if this was any indicator to radio listeners – you know, that's what you should expect of Johnny and probably me. Well, how much time do we have for this beer review? We got, a, we got the full amount of time. I'll edit it around and, and just know, radio listeners, you might be missing some gold because we might have had to trim some stuff. So please don't 
be uh, be shy about listening to our podcast because it's uh, got some gold on there. The point is, we're back with beer number two. It's from uh, it's excuse me, it's from Trillium. It's called Really Big Bird. It's a double IPA. It's nine percent, and there is a profile uh, drawing of I would say a bald eagle on the front of this can, uh, all in sort of black and white grayscale sort of dealio. Mm-hmm. Now, okay, it's in our glasses. You've already tried it. You got you put the horse in front of the carriage in that sense. I haven't even mm-hmm. had it. I've like read your face. Is there a description on this, or are we just? There certainly was, and I'll pull it up and I'll read it. But um, would you first describe what is in the glass? Uh, it's definitely beer. It looks like high pulp orange juice, though. It is so thick looking, uh, just vibrantly yellowy orange, like way brighter than our first beer. Yeah. Ah, uh, well. To be fair, we were kind of drinking that in the dark. Well, we didn't really turn our, our podcast studio lights on because it was just about sunset right now. Yeah, we yeah. had some nice natural lighting. It was very intimate. I felt good about it. Yes, but so the time has come to have yeah. the lights on. So we can't really say whether I guess or not right. this is brighter or not than the first <laughs> one. Uh, we just we're flying by the seat of our pants here, guys. All right, but not totally blindly because here's what they have to say on Untapped, which is ostensibly from the Trillium website. Really Big Bird is the largest and most hop-saturated addition to our Small Bird series to date. We took Big Bird, one of the hoppiest beers in our portfolio, and dosed it with an even more ridiculous dry hopping rate, resulting in a beer that is unapologetic in its approach. Again, 9%. Johnny, you've tried it. It's got a, about 8,000 ratings on Untapped, which uh, averaged about 4.47 out of 5. So at okay. least we know the internet likes it. But Johnny Summers, what I want to know, my man, is do you like it? Man, the first thing that came to my mind when I took a sip of this is that tastes like a screwdriver. The cocktail with orange juice and vodka if you're not an alcoholic. Are you a fan of screwdrivers? My favorite breakfast drink. Okay. <laughs> I love it. It is my favorite. If I'm at brunch, I'm not drinking a mimosa. I'm not drinking a Bloody Mary. I'm having a screwdriver. I didn't know you like screwdrivers so it's much. It's my favorite breakfast drink. I would have pegged you as a mimosa guy. I don't like champagne. It gives me a headache. Oh. More often than not, before I even like catch a buzz or like have more like one glass Just of champagne. Just smelling it. Yeah. You're like, I'm out. One sip. Yeah, not good. Uh, okay. So in that, digging it, they're much boozier than the first beer. I'm getting yeah. a ton of alcohol. Like there is no hiding the 9%. No. Uh, but they're not hiding it that well because this beer isn't incredibly sweet. It is, in fact, very orange. Like orange juicy is like it it's, feels like a cop out to say that. Okay. But it tastes like fresh squeezed orange juice. Like when you go to like a good health food store and they've got the sweet machine that like dunks, dumps the oranges. Like a Jamba Juice. No. They have that too. I've never gotten just orange juice at Jamba Juice because they have smoothies there. Good point. Why would I just get orange juice? Well, you can. You Sure, you could. You could get water there too. We're describing the same machine. Yes. <laughs> Not going to go to Jamba Juice They have juice a drinking a fountain also. Um, Maniac. There are some very strong orange juice qualities, though. I'd like to throw out the disclaimer. It doesn't taste exactly like orange juice because of the boozy quality you mentioned, which orange juice, as we all know, does not have most of the time, unless you like are pre-stocking your orange juice in the fridge <laughs> with vodka. You have screwdriver in a carton, which is a problem. Seen, you don't watch Always Sunny, do you? Not really. There's a, They all own a bar. There's this episode where uh, Charlie- Patty's. Day, Patty's Pub. Patty's Pub. Exactly. Charlie Day is at, they're at like a continental breakfast, and him and Danny DeVito, DeVito are at, <laughs> at continental breakfast. And the people are you know, just having orange juice. And sure. he's like, why are these people just drinking mixers? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, yeah. That's, the, that's the purpose of orange juice. Yeah. This is, okay. This is, look, mm. it's boozy. I don't think, I don't think it tastes quite as orange juicy as you do, but there's certainly an incredible citrus quality up front. Yeah. Very orange juicy. Um, but beer qualities also, though um, I agree, compared to the first one and compared to most beers that we've done on the show, 
maybe more orange juicy than beery. Yeah. Definitely tastes like the orange juice you'll find at my house. Sure. But I'm I'm digging that aspect of it. I think it's really punchy with the hops, but it's 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 adding not necessarily like defined IPA bitterness as we know it. For me, this is adding pithiness. Okay. Which is really accentuating, you know, the the citrus notes. I don't get a ton of hot bitterness. It's all like the pith. And then, yeah, it's it's kind of a, a hot beer. Yeah, man, there's something I actually don't like about it as much, yeah. which is crazy because it is it is a New England IPA drinker's New England IPA. Like somehow it's hitting your your it's ticking your boxes as well. But even if it weren't, like it's still a pretty straightforward New England IPA. It's it's super hot. I mean, it's 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 almost too hot. I think, right? Like it's like. If it had this kind of alcoholic heat and and weight to it, and it were like ten and a half percent, eleven, I'd be like, okay, that's impossible to avoid. But I've had smoother nine percent IPAs than this. That's a fair assessment, and I'm gonna call that a negative of this. You're not wrong. It's hotter than I expected, given the yeah. smoothness and the balance of their first beer. So yes. for this to come in just like, oh, booze, okay, hello, yeah, yeah. That said, there is an eagle staring at me with like not a pleasant look in his eyes. You know, he's like, I'm gonna face him towards you. You tell me what you make of that look. It looks like I'm a trout. That's he's about challenging. to be, he's, yeah, just lifted out of my universe by talons in my back. Yeah, it's. I mean, yeah. Point being, it's an aggressive looking beer. It's an aggressive tasting beer. I think it's on brand for what they are trying to get across to the consumer. Mm-hmm. Um, so it'll be up to people to determine if that's something you're into. Um, and I'd say I'm sort of medium into it. Medium to, to I don't know what scale I'm using, medium to medium well on this. Okay. What about you? I like it. I think I dare to say I almost like it more than the first one. That's pretty incredible because you gave the first one a pretty good score. I know. It's weird. I don't know. It This feels very unique to me as a New England IPA. I agree, especially an Imperial New England IPA. Yeah. It's not sweet. Like it any- is sweet, but it's also so strong. Yeah, that that's what takes precedence in one's um, awareness. Yeah, that makes sense. That that does make sense. Yeah, because because I mean, just take another sip and compare it to, in your memory banks to a nine percent or ten percent West Coast IPA. It's way sweeter than that. Way sweeter, but, but also like way more approachable. In which way? In that usually nine percent. Well, it depends. I've had some like double and 9% gets close to like triple it IPA depends, category. It depends on the making, but yeah, for sure. Triple IPA, like a hazy triple IPA. Mm-hmm. I've had some that are sickly sweet. Oh, for sure. So it would just depend. Uh, but like a West Coast IPA, yeah, it's a zillion times sweeter than. Yeah. Um, so yeah, just just clarifying, objectively, it is pretty sweet, but but mm-hmm. stylistically, not overly sweet. Well, totally. not, not um, off-puttingly sweet, maybe. Yeah, I think I'd be the best one to ask about that. I agree. It's, yeah, it's not off-putting at all. I think it's it's pretty nice. Give me any negatives you got. It's almost got like a plasticky quality right up front. There's a weirdness to like, it's so similar to orange juice, mm. but it's like orange juice that's just off. I think that's very wise of you to latch onto the initial taste because we've been focusing a lot on the back end Mm -hmm. and I hadn't even considered that. You're totally right. It's like, boom, this is fresh squeezed orange juice that if you left it in your fridge, maybe like a week too long. Uh Uh, Are you you nitpicking or are you pointing out something very obvious just so people know? For me, I mean, it feels obvious. Mm -hmm. It's definitely not a nitpick. This is like a, yeah, my first impression was orange juice, but then it's like you take another sip of the orange juice, you're like, has this Mm -hmm. gone weird? Mm -hmm. Uh, So I think that's 
that's pretty immediately a negative for me. Yeah, uh, I agree. It's not. Uh, it. I think it. It overall uh, um, contributes to. Yeah, th- this feeling of weight. That's that's the adjective of of the day for this beer. It's, it's heavy. heavy. It's it's heavy, and it's heavy for all the reasons we're talking about. It's it's got a ton of alcohol. There's there's this there's this um, there's this uh, almost undefinable. I think plastic was close, but not totally right. Flavor up front, and mm-hmm. it leaves your mouth pretty dry and pretty heavy as well. Yeah, dude, you imagine drinking a whole can of this? Um, we're, be, I mean, we're on our way. No, not a whole can to yourself, like sixteen ounces. It would be nap thirty, man. Yeah, yeah, it's. Uh, I don't know. I think I would have. Have you seen a Trillium can in twelve ounces, or have, are they mostly sixteens? I don't think I've ever seen one that's not sixteen. I haven't either. So you know, chalk it up to this beer being a beer that's going to be good to share with a friend. But yeah, the redrinkability of this, and this is where these little X factors come in. Uh, not good. Certainly, um, I'm not drinking two of these back to back. I tell you that. Um, I'll well drink a four loco. I know. Just <laughs> sure. Trillium's going to write us. What'd you say? Um. It's it's okay. I'm not gonna use the F word here. Ooh, by which close. I mean fine for the radio. It's not fine. It's better than that. But it's you know it's flirting. It's flirting with fine. Yeah, that thickness started to catch up with me. It's and, getting and that yeah. just weird, kind of off. But it's still good. I really like it. You really like it. I really. Because we like started it. this with you saying it might be better than the first. It's still close. It's in the same ballpark. Okay. It's this, not this for one's me. just not as clean drinking as the first it's one. It's not even close to being as clean no. drinking. It's it's a different animal entirely. This one's a bird. Yeah. The other one was a park. Yeah. Of course, birds may live in a park. Maybe. Not sure how that relates to this, but one tastes them's better. The facts, baby. One tastes better. That's all we know. Um, all right. I, I guess let's give it not a ten, don't you think? Yeah. Yeah, I don't think it's as good as the first one. Uh there's no way. It's just not as well made of a beer and it's not as well balanced. Okay, what is? I'm going to take one more sip, so go ahead and stretch out my next question. But what, what does that mean out of 10 for you? So that means out of 10 for me that this feels, hmm, it's still a good score. It's still a very respectable score, but it doesn't rank. Why don't you save one. the score and let the listener decide if it's a good score? Stop building up your fortress walls before you've put the soldiers inside. You know what I mean? Yeah, as far as hazy IPAs go, this is for a 9% or two. I mean, it's big. I would, as a reminder to listeners, Johnny's first beer was an 8.4. Yeah, I would definitely drink this again, not traveling for it. So that that gets you down some points. It's like a 7.1. 7.1. I call that a very generous score. For me, it's a 6. It's above average, kind of. There's a lot of really unenjoyable qualities here. There's some that are enjoyable. You can take the alcohol percentage. You can call that a plus. You can call it a minus, a pro or a con, if you will. I call it a pro. I would call it a pro in this case too. But the other cons that do that are working against that are uh, are a bunch. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm okay with it. Um, relatively affordable, not so much. Do you remember? They were both yeah. They were both not super affordable. Somewhere in the middle, they're expensive for a pint, but it's also coming from across the country. Um, so you know. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I, I would I would for sure, if you had to choose between the two, I would grab the Fens. And then if you are just like, I want to try two beers from Trillium, grab Really Big Bird. Why not? Yeah. Also, SNS had like five. Oh, yeah. Okay. So there's more. So take your chances. Let us know what you think if you uh, if you try any of the others. But in the meantime, um, once again, you've been listening to Fresh Hop Cinema, of course, possibly on KZFR 90.1 FM. To recap, both of our beers this week are from Trillium out of uh, mostly Boston area. 
and are currently available at SNS Produce right here in Chico. And Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse is currently screening in wide release in most theaters. If you have feedback on anything we've discussed today, you can call or text us at 530-433-0839. We're not going to probably answer your call, but you can leave us a voicemail or you can text us. Again, the number is 530-433-0839. Or feel free to send us a good old-fashioned email to fhccast at gmail.com. Next week on the show, we're covering the latest in the Transformers franchise with Transformers Rise of the Beasts, which hits theaters this weekend. And next week on the show, the beers, well, they're a mystery. Mm-hmm. I know where I'm going to get them. Nice. I got some stuff eyeballed at Spike's Bottle Shop. Okay. They got some new, sexy, spicy beers. Love Not that. literally spicy. Okay, good. Uh, but, yeah, they're going to come from Spike's. I'll let you know what they are next week uh, when we drink them. Yeah, check our social media. We might even post early, maybe. Sure, why not? Okay, a little sneaky peeky. As a reminder to our radio listeners, if you want to hear the rest of today's conversation, which includes the always unpredictable, hot, and bothered, or if you want to go digging through six-plus years' worth of episodes dating back to 2016, head over to your favorite podcast app and subscribe to Fresh Hop Cinema. We will be back on the radio waves of KZFR next Saturday at 4 p.m., so until then, consume some films and beers that broaden your horizons and enjoy the rest of your weekend. To those of you currently mowing the lawn, driving to the beach to beat the heat, or uh, just hanging out around town and listening in podcast form, we'll be right back with Hot and Bothered. bothered. Welcome to Hot and Bothered, everybody. It's a parsh. Johnny, you go. What's a a partion? (laughs) It's the parsh. It's part and portion. Part of the show. It's part of the show. Yeah. Where we tell you guys and gals and people in general, you living things out there. Yeah, things with ears. Things with ears that are listening <laughs> uh, about what's up with us, man. What are we stoked on? What's got us bummed out? What are we blood red mad at? What are sure. we super excited about? In the in the best case scenario, this pertains to things that you're interested in. And and the only thing that we know for sure that you're interested in is, is me. Is No, oh. is beer and or movies. Best case scenario, both. Or us. I mean, quite or frankly. Or I guess maybe us. That's a very true. stunning person. We, we, we have, we have um, identified ourselves over the years. So, so certainly our personality are part of the show, I suppose. Um, I know that the show would be worse without me or without Johnny, certainly without both. Uh, what would you listen to? Nothing. There would be no podcast, I guess. So the point is- Be the intro song. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if you're talking about movies or, or beers or something else. Dude, we have nothing in our notes yet, so- No, it's all up here in the cranials, man. So why don't you go first? Because I have no idea what I'm going to say. Okay, cool. Uh, I watched a movie this last weekend that's pretty topical. Okay. You guys are here for movies. You like yeah, movies. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. I watched a movie with uh, our Lord Russell Crowe. Ooh, newer or older? Newer. Uh, was it the Pope's Exorcist? It's goddamn right. I'm it was. so you can't say that in this context. You're gonna be you're gonna be <laughs> not infected. What's the word? Possessed. Possessed. Sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> infected with the devil. Yeah. I mean, it's. I'm so okay. I'm real quick. Hang on. Do you have facts on this movie yet? Do you have the stuff? Uh, it was released April 14th, 2023. Directed by Julius Avery. Okay. Um, what's the? Give me like the elevator pitch of the plot. So basically, Russell Crowe is. Based literally the Pope's right-hand man, the yeah. Pope's exorcist. He's like the guy. His boss is the Pope. He's like, you want to get to the Pope? You Demons, you me. go through you me. You go through me. Yeah. So he's dealing with, uh, you know, a few different possessions throughout the beginning of the movie. Okay. Um, and he's like super good at his job, I suppose? Yeah. 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 And plot twist, he was a real person. Died in 2016. Russell Crowe? No. I'm just kidding. I know. <laughs> uh, Gabriel Amorth. Father Gabriel Amorth. Sure. 
He wrote several books. He was he held the title of the Pope's exorcist up until his death in 2016. Yo, this as a concept, this is very scary. Right? This is a real guy. Yeah. And I've I've always said um, I grew up Catholic, and 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 I've had you know I've my 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 faith journey has has gone different ways. I'm I'm you know I, I don't want to speak for myself forever. Not currently in that situation, but I always said if I found out that like exorcisms were real. And like there were demons possessing people. I would just become an exorcist. Like that's what you got to do. Right. You, you know, go full paladin. You have to like, you have to, what are you talking about? It's good versus evil. It's God and demons. You have to fight the demons. So this is based on accounts from a guy who did this job. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And the, the, the story follows uh, a family who's, uh, it was a widow and she inherited from her husband who had deceased a Let's call it a chapel. It's like a church. Okay. But the churches kind of look like castles in Spain. Sure. They're all so old. Yeah. So they have like this old family property and buried Mm -hmm. in that are some secrets about the past and the history of the church. And apparently captured inside of it are some demons. Okay. Enter Russell Crowe. He's the Pope's exorcist. I love He drinks double espressos. Does he? Yeah, sure. He's oh, because he, he's doing like he's doing like an Italian accent, yeah. right? He's oh, full man. on Italian. And he a, speaks a lot of Italian in this movie. I think he can hold his own for that. Uh, the accent was very believable. I was skeptical. Okay. It was not distracting. He pulled it off very well. We got to talk about Russell Crowe's career in a minute. Dude, but keep going. Roller coaster. I know. Uh, anyways, I watched this. It's on Voodoo for like six bucks. Oh, you rented it. Totally worth it. Yeah. Nice, dude. It was so cool. Oh, awesome. Probably my favorite horror movie of the year. Uh, uh, okay. I really enjoyed uh, Evil Dead, Wake, or Li- Rises. Rises. Really dug that. Um, but that was kind of a specific brand of horror. Well, was, so is this. So is this. Yeah. Uh, so that, you know, Evil Dead Rise is very slasher, zombie, semi-possession. You told me not to watch it. You would not like it. Would I like this? I think you would. Cool. I think it was scary at moments it needed to be scary. There was some brilliant violence in this. Uh, there was some beautiful scenes. There was some some set design that was just tremendous. Okay. Um, the acting was pretty solid. I mean, the the possessed really pulled it off, uh, and Russell Crowe was really good in it. I'm gonna say it's my favorite horror movie of the year so far. I think. Well, I'm glad to hear that. I don't. I. You know what we should do, man? And like we'll call 2022 a wash. We did not do our top 10 movies of the year, but I think come 2024 we recap 2023 obviously do our top 10 and I'd love to hear like your top 10 horror movies of the year. Okay. And like, maybe like my top five musicals or like that sort of thing, like, like our very niche corners. Um, and I'd be like, I'd love to hear what your other horror movies are Okay, for this year. And yeah. I, there haven't been a ton. Not it's that not I've talked a crazy about strong I've, year. I've watched a lot of, well, maybe that not came out this yeah, year. Yeah. Like there's not a lot that have been released. I mean, crimes of the future. Did that come out last year? Yep. Fuck. I does not that this would make your list, but like it, Bo, Bo is afraid does not count as horror. I don't think it's too, comical no. for me yeah um so there's there's not been a ton um okay i mean there's been some there's been some big budget mainstream like boogeyman's out now that's right yeah. smile was this year smile was last year i'm Are almost you, no i'm not sure but I'll try that was no that was this year i'd, I'd put a nope. wooden nickel on it nope 2022 um Stupid you just net. waved at a gnat yeah, yeah you're not calling me that no <laughs> this thing has been in the Studio I know the whole time. Um, yeah, yeah. Smile released on September twenty second, um, and then hit theaters. Uh, it, it released it like I, played, I think like Fantastic S- Fest. Scream six came out. I don't know that one as well, but maybe. But is that going to make your list? No, I'm just saying. There's been movies that came out of the horror genre. Yeah, Scream six was this year. It was just none of them been very good. 
the have we we haven't even done much on the show. I've tried. Like, was Barbarian last year too? I think it was. Been. Yeah. Um, you know, Megan no? was this year the the possessed AI I don't doll. Know if it was Barbarian? No, it's got to be. I think you watched. I mean, we watched it for the first time while you lived here. I know, which was almost a year ago. Um, yeah, Barbarian came out. Um, yeah, September 9th in wide release. All right. Well, that's a long way to say. Tough year for horror so far. So far. Yeah. But horror thrives in the fall. What's butt horror? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Stupid. Wow. So dumb. Oh, I don't even have a response for that. I know. Why would you? It was you? great. Um, okay, back to the Pope's Exorcist. Dude, you, it was, you it, dug it. It was rad. I really liked it. It was visually pretty fantastic. Acting was solid. I dug, I mean, Russell Crowe basically plays just like a renegade exorcist that right. is just like Fonzie. Like he kind of okay. just does his own shit, totally. man. Like Nick Cage could have played this role, but not mm. with the Italian accent. Okay, fair but enough. But that vibe. Dude, so let's talk about Russell Crowe. Name movies chronologically as best you can going back in time that he's been in. Gladiator. That's the first one you think of. Yeah. No. We didn't. Did you see Unhinged? No. Okay. The concept of Unhinged, which I didn't see either. Where like, he's stuck in traffic? He's stuck in traffic. Basically goes oh, like. Oh, chronologically first. From, like, new. from here backwards in time. Okay. Like, I know you can do better than that. Yeah. And I, I know that I know for sure that I can because I have the list in front of me. But the ones that came to mind were Unhinged. He was in Thor, Love, and Thunder. Yep. He was uh, uh, that's Zeus. A, that's a cameo. It's one of the funniest parts of the movie. Yeah, but it's still a cameo. But he was in it. That yeah. He had to show up. Um, Then, I mean, before that, as far as major hits go. Um, we got Proof of Life. What's Proof of Life? With Meg Ryan. I'm not seeing that. Dude, you're like way back in time right now. Mold. <laughs> that's true. Um, Was he? He was. He played somebody in, in uh, the Justice League. He was Jor-El. He was like. Like oh, Superman's yeah. dad or something. Um, he was also in that movie that came out earlier um, or, or late last year called The Greatest Beer Run Ever with, um, I think Zac Efron was in that. Oh, yeah. Which I didn't see. Um, he was in a film called Poker Face in 2022. And then before that, it was like, I think he played a minor role in Boy Erased in 2018. Um, he was in uh, The Nice Guys um, class in 2013, which is like one of my favorite probably movies ever. Um, and then you start getting back into like uh, – like uh, prime Russell Crowe, right? Yeah, like um, he did a movie called Noah, which is like a Bible story. Then he was in like Robin Hood, um, Body of Lies, American Gangster, 310 to Yuma, um, Cinderella Man, Master and Commander, A Beautiful Mind, Gladiator, of course. Like he had a good run. Dude, Master and Commander, so good. So underrated. I'm not even sure if it's underrated. I saw it with my mom when I was like, uh, you know, uh, 13 or something. I didn't appreciate it, but it's a great movie. I read an article about Article. Articleable. Article mm -hmm. about how that's like the ideal dad movie. Oh, yeah? It's got boats. Sure. It's got, got Russell Crowe. Russell Crowe. Yeah. Um, the point is, like, Unhinged got some weird reviews. Like, it was a weird choice. He was like f the only other person, by the way, that could have led in, in both uh, Unhinged and from what it sounds like, this movie is not Nicolas Cage. Who do you think it would be? Gerard like Butler. It Gerard Butler. Of course it's Gerard Butler. It's got to be Gerard yeah. Butler. <laughs> yeah. Like, what an un underappreciated actor these days. Gerard Butler crushed it in Plane. Hell yeah. I love that role. He's yeah. so good at that. Plane was rad. I like Plane a lot. Um, okay, so should I watch The Pope's Exorcist? Yes. I think I, you should. Dude, it was it was like one of the few horror movies I was stoked about, and we just like didn't get to it on the show. I don't know why. Um, but I would like to see it. So good. I'm glad I got your endorsement. What else do you have on Hot and Bothered? 
Sticking with the theme of evil. Sure. June 6th was a very important date for me. Uh, that's today. Yeah. Great. Why? It's the release of Diablo 4. Oh, that was today. And you're here doing this? Yeah. Very cool. You are count yourself lucky. Sure. Count myself cursed. Yeah. Yep. Started that last night. The uh, The pre-order download was playable last night, 5 p.m. And so you just did that? Stayed up. Way too late. What time? Uh, twelve thirty. Oh, nice man. You get up at like five thirty, don't you? Yeah, Six. five thirty, six ish. Yeah. So took a nice little five hour nap and uh, got up today. Maybe that's why I have a headache. I'm sure that's why you have a headache. Definitely. Were you wearing headphones? N- uh, no. Okay. And I was not sober either. Well, yeah, it could be a combination of those things. It's fine. It's good clean living, brother. Uh, anyways, had a blast with that. Started this game, and I'm not gonna get too incredibly nerdy and technical. Thank you. Uh, but. They took everything about Diablo 3 that I did not like and really honed it and made it multiplayer, super friendly, took out a lot of annoying things and just the actual gameplay, and also toned down the arcadiness of uh-huh. uh, Diablo 3. Okay. Diablo 3 was like explosions, lasers, fighting 80 dudes at once, just yeah, yeah. Blah, 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 blah. I like that um, about it, but yeah. I love that for what it is, but that was such a deviation from what Diablo has been throughout the years. Mm-hmm. Um, this one feels like a real return to form and it harkens back to the gameplay of Diablo two, which fantastic, but way more tactical, a little bit more challenging, way more item uh-huh. based. Okay. Um, all that to say, I love it. I'm about three hours in and I can't wait to go home. I think you don't, that doesn't, that math doesn't work out right. Does it? If you started at five and say, no, that's, that's when the download was available. I went to oh, see the Sp- download is available. Yeah, so I, I, I downloaded it, and then the download was playable. There was a mm. clock that was counting down. Yep. It was playable at 5, but I went to see Spider-Man, and then I went out for beers after with Ken to talk about the movie. Oh, cool. Uh, yeah, we had a great time. Um, and then finally got home and got everything together, had cocktails. Sweet. So it, it didn't start until probably 8, 8 or 9, Okay, and just went. So maybe 3, 4 hours. It's been great. Uh, I will definitely have a progress update next episode. Lovely. Yeah, uh, super stoked. It was the big release that I was stoked for this year. They've been pushing this game back for about probably a year now. Oh, It's yeah. been a long wait. So it's here and I'm, and I'm loving it. I'm glad to hear that it's worth it, man. Yeah. Super stoked. What are you hot and or bothered on or by or because of or not? I mentioned this last week, I'm pretty sure, but I'm seeing a comedian this weekend, this Friday. Um, which will be, yeah, I think you know, the, Mike, the, Mike Kaplan. Kaplan. Yeah, uh, he's he's performing at the Big Room in Sierra Nevada. Um, and he's like, I thought he was bigger than maybe performing at the Big Room. Like I've performed at the Big Room. So, you know, um, he's also kind of a niche. He's a, he's a vegan Jewish comedian. And a lot of his material is that. He's also like very heavily um, wordplay and pun based and like very quick and like almost feels like he has the same kind of like ADHD bound humor that I do. I like that. Works great for me. So at this point I've convinced several friends to buy tickets. Um, my friend Kyle sent me the link, bought us tickets. And then, um, our friends Ben and Sam are going, uh, my friends Lorna and Cody might be going. You had talked about going though. I think it's off your radar now. No. Yeah. I'm not going. And it's general admission. So like, I think the six of us are going to get a table and just have beers and enjoy great comedy. Nice. Uh, at the big room. It's super local, like super close to your house. It's what do you think from here? Like Seven minutes, nine minutes, something like that. 
Yeah. Yeah. Quick drive. Um, so that'll be super fun. Um, also just kind of getting back into the swing of things for shows. I feel like I say that a lot, but um, the past like three or four weeks have been pretty hectic. Like well, that's that's your life, man. It is. Time is a flat wheel for you. There's a uh, there's a there's a an order to the chaos a lot of the time. But I've had to go out of town for non work related stuff a lot in May, and June's kind of coming back around to being like the normal sort of chaos we call that personal stuff and having a life is that what it's called yeah no you you had to really throws off my routine qualify with i went out of town for non-work because i travel a lot for work that's the reason that most people go out of town i know i don't like it i need i need goals i need i'm goal oriented when i travel and if i just have to like go and relax it doesn't go so well for me relaxing is a goal man not for me here's the other thing um i've got one gig this month that stands out from the rest is it sun's out it's skies out skies out did i tell you about this no i saw it on your Social oh, yeah, media, yeah, yeah. and I'm like, what the fuck is that? Okay, so so it's summertime, and in Chico, which is in California, if you don't know, um, we get you know like 110 degree days. It gets spicy, and I've had that. This is literally how this started. And I don't think I've even told the people in the band this idea. I perform in pants. I think wearing shorts looks unprofessional, and I think it's gross. So I've never done it except one time, and then a woman cat called me the whole time because I have nice thighs. But I stopped, so I was like, never again. This was probably like five or six years ago. Got to cage them beasts. So now I'm like, you know what? I'm 30-something now. I'm going to do it. And I'm going to wear this length short, which is like mid-thigh. And I'm going to start a band where all we we dress the same. We wear short shorts-ish and wear summertime clothes and sing songs about the summer. Now, are the shorts going to be comically short or are they going to be reasonable No, they're going to be normal shorts. They're going to be like just shorts. But it's like five moderately handsome dudes in shorts and we're going to market it like that. Okay, we're just gonna sell our skin, and we're playing songs like "In the Summertime When the Weather Is Hot." You know that song? Yeah, that's, basically, um, Mungo Jerry. Mungo Jerry. Uh, Soak up the sun, Cheryl Crow. Blister in the sun, Violent Femmes, of course. Um, Island in the sun by Weezer. anything with sun in the title. Yeah, my God we is the play sun. It. I don't know what that song is. The Queens of the Stone Age doesn't quite fit the vibe, but you're on the right track. It needs to feel good, also. Okay, like lighthearted, nothing. That song feels good. It feels okay, but it doesn't feel like. It doesn't feel like um, I can see clearly now, which okay. doesn't have some of the title, but it's, still. It does. You're not picking up good vibrations. Dude, that would be an argument for that song, too. Exactly. Anyways, we're having our first show at the end of the month on the 30th. Where? We're ironing out the venue because it has to be outside. Dude, if you could pull it off where you're actually all playing in a pool. Yeah, we're going to do a photo shoot pretty quick here, like like real quick here. Uh, and they're... Who's in the band? Okay, fair enough. So it's me, um, Max Minardi. There's also on drums my buddy Cody Nab from Lo and Behold. Same with their bass player Grayson Katka, who I have played with recently at a casino. Um, and then Ben Ruttenberg, uh, who uh, is probably most famous these days from being in the Sun Followers, but previously was in Decades. And our keyboardist is currently in Decades, named Webster Moore, um, and also does his own thing. So it's like a like a really really talented group of people. Um, and I'm just so stoked. Like they're all super creative. It's going to be like four part harmonies, like just awesome summer feel good vibes. Perfect for the beach boys. Yeah, I know we could probably pull that song off. Um, so the, the goal is to play once in June, once in July, once August, and maybe September. So you're basically like the Yule logs. We're the opposite of the, of the Yule logs. That's yeah. what I said. We're like the, the, you know, Chico summers. You're the summer dogs. The Yule exactly. Um, so that's, I'm pretty stoked about it. It's gonna be a lot of work getting this all coordinated, especially for the end of the month, which is in like Three and a half weeks. Dude, you have to play at a barbecue. I don't care if it's at a bar, at a restaurant, yeah. at a venue. Like, yeah. there Maybe needs, we'll be grilling on stage. There needs I think that'd be funny as hell. Dude. Just get like a- if you can like make a <laughs> keyboard stand that has got like yeah, Webster yeah. grills. Do you mean Weber grills? 
No, I mean Webster Grills. It's a pretty good joke. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that's I'm stoked on that. That should be super fun. That's rad. I, I will be in the loop on that. Okay. Yeah, June 30th is the first show. Uh, you can follow me on social media. I've got, I'll post about it probably. So, Dope. you know, there's a chance it'll be at the Commons. I think that's probably where we're going to end up. Okay. There's only so many outdoor venues in Chico. Can you name a few? Outdoor venues. Yeah, or places with patios. Or- uh, like Quinop has a patio, Fifth Street. Red Tavern. Red Tavern and Fifth Street are obviously not the vibe for this. Yeah. Though you are technically right. Yep. Um, Yep. You're missing a big one. Downtown. Right by the El Rey. Argus. Yeah. That's August. For obvious reasons. Yeah. August. Argus. Yeah. I have a a pitch. Okay. I think every single one of you should be performing while in a kiddie pool. Um, I don't hate this idea. Like you just get your own kiddie pool? The drums will be tough. Just put his drum throne in a kiddie pool. He's got to step on the kick. Yeah, like, the kiddie pool can so be like a small one. Just the throne. Think here's the the pool. The yeah. throne's on the edge. I don't hate this idea. Yeah, so he can just turn around and put his feet in the water and I love turn this. around and play some drum. I thought about bringing like like what else? Like we're gonna put beach balls probably at the shows. What else screams this vibe? Squirt guns. Squirt guns are risky, obviously. The water balloons. Same thing. Watermelon. Uh, yeah, good Ham- for snacks. Hamburgers and hot dogs. Okay, <laughs> yeah, it's true. Like cheap. Delicious, crushable beer. Maybe we put you in shorts and you grill at every show. You're Done. just grilling on stage. Can I do it in out. like a gorilla suit? Of course. You, no, you have to be in shorts. The gorilla will be wearing shorts. Then yes, of course you can. Okay. Can we just have you on stage grilling and like handing out stuff? No, like actually grilling. Like actually yeah, grilling let's food. Let's do it. I'll just like be grilling hot dogs. That's a good idea. Mid set. That's so much a performance art thing to do. And I'll have a triangle. Can you keep rhythm on a triangle? It's tr- it's pretty tricky. You got to put everything in three. Oh no, just do the outside. Okay. Or a cowbell. Yeah, Rob just broke his cowbell, by the way. That's a shame. In Reno, he's like, it was cowbelling so hard it broke. <laughs> he had a fever. <laughs> that was great. The only cure was more cowbell. Yeah. Um, this... I'd love to be involved in this. Okay. And then you, if anyone you tries to, to fuck with you, you have there's... to come to the shows. If anyone fucks with you, there's a gorilla with barbecue tools in its hand. Yeah. As security. It's That's foolproof security. Squashed. Yeah. Well, this has arguably gotten not interesting to anybody but us. Are you kidding me? This show's going to sell out. June 30th, yeah. Um, so that, that's the idea, by the way. We're going to like, the first show's going to be free, and then hopefully by like August, September. Like I know our show at August is going to, we're going to charge tickets, so. First show ain't free. Yeah, maybe, well, I mean, we're getting paid. Yeah. But I don't know if we're charging tickets yet. Charge tickets. All right. Maybe this is a sensation. How much would you pay for this? 10 bucks. Could have said 20, and I could have made it a deal. Like, no, we'll do it for 10. But okay, fine. No, we'll do it 25. for 25. All right, we'll do it for 10. Okay. All right. You got anything else? No, man. It was your hot and bothered. I'm done. Okay. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I'm like, I'm finished. Do you have anything else? I'm good. Feels like you're about to say something. Uh, I'm trying to think. No. No. No, I'm good. All right. As usual, the show wouldn't be what it is without the support of Bailey Minardi. Thanks to everybody on Patreon. Shout out to the Handlebar Sick-Ass Happy Hour. My name is Max Minardi. My name is Johnny Summers. Drink some tasty beers. Watch some tasty stuff. Most importantly, taste each other. See you next week. Sure. This is Fresh Hop Cinema.